look at 1 John chapter number 3. 1 John chapter number 3. <clears throat> and when you get there, you can say something like amen. Amen. We'll start reading in verse number 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we, all, we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God Abide in him. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> I will say that I've had an incredible time sharing with you in this series about a healthy church. The motivation for me doing this series was that I think it's so important that you really, really love church. Obviously, you want to love God, but that you really love church and love the people that you fellowship with. That on Sunday morning, that you don't, that coming to church is not a drag. But you are excited about coming to church, and you're excited because you just can't wait to see Sister April or Sister Regina or Sister Shannon or Sister Yolanda or Brother Christian or whoever. Everybody want to be a part of something that is healthy. And anything that is healthy, it grows. And so I want there to be a kind of experience in the life of our family that, that we authentically love one another. Authentic love. Not the kind of love that people talk about often today. A kind of love that wants everything but demands no sacrifice. Not just that we come to church and we say, I love you and God bless you, but a kind of love that we involve ourselves in the depths of who we are as a people. Our church, our family will grow because, I want you to hear this, it's very difficult to walk away from love. It is difficult to walk away from love. It should be very difficult for you being a part of this family, for an example, to, to just walk away. Why do I say that? I think of the Apostle Paul when he was ministering to the elders at Ephesus. He called them together. He had, his, his, soul was in, his soul was deeply uh, intermingled with those believers and and he was getting ready to leave. He had spent some time with them. And Paul cried. He cried. He, he cried. And they all wept together. Why did they weep together? But, but because they had soul ties. They, had soul, they were tied together in their souls. And I want us to understand that if we think, I want you to hear me very carefully. Because I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. But if we think that I'll just come into church on Sunday and saying, God bless you, I love you, that equates to the full capacity of what real love is, then we're missing it. It's not real love. Real biblical love always involves sacrifice. 
It always involves giving of yourself. It always involves something more than just saying, I love you. Those of you who are married, you know what I mean. It's not about just saying, I love you. It's about what are you doing to show me that you love me? What are you doing? You know, we don't want to be a church that just, that just go through the motions, but we want to be a church that really, really involve ourselves in the lives of one another. That we take the time out of our busy schedules when I would rather be home watching a football game go to Dallas Cowboys, but I'll take time out of my schedule to go and be with you, and I'll go cut your hair. I will take time out of my busy schedule, and you need me to help you do something like cutting your grass, then I'll do it for you. I will take time out of my busy schedule to sacrifice something that is important to me in order to help you. That's real love. And when we love in that kind of way, when we love with that kind of capacity, you know, it, it, let me tell you something. Our hearts will be so filled. And, and, we will, and we truly will be able to say with conviction, did not my heart burn when I went in fellowship with my brothers and sisters? Because you know me. You can't really rejoice with me. The Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those who weep. But you can't really weep with me if you don't know me. You can't really rejoice with me, not really, unless you really know me. How many of you have people that you love, you really know, and when good things happen and you've been talking to them and y'all been sharing together, and when they share something, you jump up for joy. You're excited with them. You're excited because you say, God, you know, that's great. It's great. And, and when somebody you're close to, when they really hurt, you cry with them, and it bothers you on the way home because you see your brother hurt. You see your sister hurt, and there's that part of you that, 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 that hurts with them. That's the kind of love that I'm talking about. But in order to get there, we got to be willing to let the guard down, and we got to go beyond Sunday morning. I'm not getting a whole lot of amens, maybe because Regina's not here. I hope I'm not talking to myself. We have to go beyond Sunday morning. And what am I saying? I'm saying that we got to open up and we got to get involved in each other's lives. Brotherly love, it always does something. Brotherly love, it always involves sacrifice. Jesus was the epitome of sacrifice. Bible says that God so loved the world. He so loved the world that God didn't just sit up there and just say, I hope you make it. He didn't just sit up there and say, you know what? Uh, I hope you can figure out a way to, to get back here because you blew it. The Bible said God so loved the world that he gave he gave his only begotten son. And in case you don't realize it, there's nothing more important. The greatest gift that God could have ever given us is Jesus. You ought to say amen for that. Amen. There's no greater gift. And God gave his son for us. He pursued us. He said, I don't want to leave them where they are. I don't want them to spend eternity in hell. So I'm going to come down. I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to love them back. I am going to be bruised. I am going to be beaten. I am going to be rejected. I'm going to be spit at. I'm going to go through all of that because I love them. And I'm going to pour myself into them. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you really believe that? Jesus said, it's more blessed 
If you want a place or in an environment where there's no blessing, usually it's because the people are on themselves too much. But we want to be a people that's constantly giving. Money, yes, money, great, we need that. But we're talking about giving of ourselves, our hearts, our affections, that we're tied together. There's a love level that we have to reach as a people that it is so powerful that anybody walking through those doors, we don't have a lot of things and everything everybody wants yet, but understand something. We can love people, we can love each other so powerfully that it makes it difficult for anybody to not want to hang around this place. Boy, those people are wonderful. And we get to spend eternity together. Let's look at John, 1 John 4, verses 7 through 8. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. When you get there, you can say, amen. Beloved. This is John. John was called the love apostle because John was very affectionate. He was an affectionate man. He was a man that would lay on Jesus' chest, and, and, and he just had such a deep affection. And so when you, read the, when you read the gospel of John, when you read the epistle of John, you just see the love. He, all he seems to talk about is love. Love. Real love. And that's all he talked about. And so John said, now, beloved, let us love one another. Watch this. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born and knows God. Now understand, let's, let's, let's look at that for a second. He says, beloved, let us love one another. It's a calling. Now before you, you think of that, everybody says, oh yeah, I do love sister, brother, and so. Brother, uh, sister, so and so. I do love brother, and so and so. Can I ask you a question? How have you shown it? I just want you to think, how have you shown the love? Watch. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So the character of God is love. God doesn't have to act out love. God doesn't have to try to formulate love. God is love. He is love personified. He is what we have to try to do at times. Come on, somebody. We have to work at this love thing, don't we? God can't help to be love, but love because he is love. You want to know who love is? It is God. That's why the Bible says, watch this, you, we are his children. Amen. So the Bible tells us that, that we are supposed to love one another, watch this, and we are supposed to love people who don't know God too. Because love is the character of God. And we are supposed to be a chip off the old block, so to speak. We ought to be like our daddy. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Verse 43 through 45. Come on, run there with me real quick. I'm going to read, and then you're going to catch up later. I got to read this. I got to move. Matthew chapter number 5. Watch this. Look at verse number 44 in Matthew chapter 5. No, look at, start at verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your brother. You kind of hear that today, don't you? Somebody mess with you? You do what? Get them back. My dad used to tell me when I was a kid, somebody hit you, you go back, you hit them back. Fight violence with violence, tooth for tooth. So that's the way of the world, is it not? I'm just saying, is it not? That's how people think. I'm not talking about bullying. I'm just saying, in general, that's how people think. You mess with me, I'm going to get you back. Jesus said, you've heard that, but 
I have a new word for you this morning. But I say to you, love your enemies. How many of you got enemies out there? You, you got some out there even if you don't know them. They're there. <laughs> this is, I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Are those not strong words? Jesus said, bless the people that curse you. Bless the people that get on your nerve and that make life difficult. He said, bless them. Bless them who curse you. Love your enemies. He's not even talking about people in the church. This is about people who don't know God. You see, when we talk about love, and if we're supposed to be this way with people who don't even know God, how much more are we supposed to love each other? With such passion and with such grace. He says, do good to those who hate you. And pray for, not against. Most of us, we pray against people that mess with us, right? Jesus said, pray for them. For them. That means pray that somehow that they will come to their senses. Pray somehow that it's go they're going to be a better people. Pray for them. How many of you really want to be like your daddy? This is how you be like your daddy. Now, if you want to be like the world, then you can't stomach this. You know, it used to be a saying about cereal, that, that cereal that tricks is for kids. This is, this is grown men and grown women stuff for mature folk that say, you know what, I want to. Now, everybody ain't going to want to go to this level. I, I, I can see people, and I, I know everybody's not going to want to go there. Or they'll go there to a certain extent, but they've already predetermined in my mind, I got a cutoff point. As I'm talking to you, some of you are already thinking, I got a cutoff point and ain't gonna, I'm going to stay right there. Then you do that. And you will have what you want. You will have what you say. He said, pray for those. Jesus couldn't have been more graphic. Pray for those who spitefully use you. I mean, Jesus, why do you keep driving a nail? I mean, it's all bad enough that they're my enemy. But you keep pushing the thing further, Jesus. You know you tell me, blessed and accursed me. I mean, you could have stopped right there. But he said, do good to those who hate you, Jesus. And for those who spitefully use you. Have you ever been used? I'm just a messenger. Don't get mad at me. Right? I'm just a messenger. He says, for those that spitefully use you, here's what he said. No, he ain't stopped there. He said, and the ones that what? Persecute you. Now, here's the key. That you may be sons of your father. <sighs> that you may be sons. God is saying, if you act like this, you're my daughter. You're my son. It's kind of like when our kids do well and my boys do well, that a boy. That's, that's my boy. That's, that's a Bailey right there because they're doing it. That, that's the way I want you. God is saying, when you act like this, God is saying, that's, the, that's my son. That's my daughter. That's why he bragged on Job. He said, Satan, have you seen anybody like Job? Job was a man who walked with God. He feared God. You need to check out my boy. I want God to say that about me. You should want God to say that about you. Have you considered my daughter, Lori? Have you considered... Have you considered my son, Walter? Have, have you considered him? He walks with me. He walks with me. That you may be the sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit excited because this is what real Christianity is and what makes us so different. 
Because nothing else teaches and says it like Jesus. When Jesus spoke these words, they never heard anything like that. And even today when you hear these words, people don't quite get it. They hear that and they discount it because I got to get you back. But how many know the Bible says, Jesus says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. Do you want to try to get somebody back or you want the Lord to do it? You might think he might know a little bit more. I think he's skilled at war. I think he knows how to fight your battles. He says, and that's for all the folks that you're dealing with on the job or in the neighborhood and wherever the people make it hard on you. God says, I want you to love them to death. I want you to bless them. I want you to go get them a cup of coffee and get them some donuts and don't put anything poisonous in them while you do it. I want you to get them some stuff, and I want you to bless them. Don't spit in it. I want you to bless them in the name of the Lord, and do it with a good heart. Do it with a good heart. Now watch this. He says, going back to 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Go back there with me real quick. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Look at verse number 8 in chapter 1 John chapter 4. He says, he who does not, watch this. He who does not love does not know God for God is what John says if you don't love you're not saved look at it John says if you don't love you don't know God can anybody interpret that that means John said if you don't love particularly your brother He says, you don't know, you don't even know who God is because God is love. Love. He's love. And so we are to exude that same character. Look at 1 John, if you will, chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. I think we already, just stay right where you are, just keep reading. And this, the love of God was manifest toward us. How did God manifest his love? That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God. Can anybody here really, really say that you really, really, really sought hard after God? Do you not know that you're here today because God pursued you first? God had you in mind from the foundations of the world, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 1. God called you before you were even on the planet. He looked down through the corridors of time and he said, you are mine. God laid claim to you. God was pursuing you. And many of you, you grew up knowing, you knew in your heart that there was something greater that you're supposed to do. You knew in your heart, even when you weren't walking with God, you kept hearing a voice says, come here, come here. It's because God was chasing you. And I thank God he runs faster than me. I thank him that he chased me. And some of us, he had to chase us down and knock us out. But he got you. And you're here today. And even if he caught something, you still need to get knocked out every now and then. But that's a whole nother sermon, so we're not even going to go there. God pursued us. This was huge. He pursued us. He loved. He didn't just say. He didn't stay there. He says, I'm going down there. What does that mean for us? Look at 1 John chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. 1 John chapter 3. We're in 1 John a lot because, as we said before, he is the love apostle. Are y'all being blessed this morning? I hope so. Because I ain't getting too many amen, so I'm not really sure what's happening out there. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. Listen to what he says. But whoever has this world's good, hear this, and sees his brother or sister in need, 
and shuts up his heart from him. How, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. We said at the beginning of my sermon that real love is demonstrated. Real love is demonstrated. You see, John says that if you see your brother or sister in need, now, he didn't say, he didn't say if Sister Shannon sees my brother or sister in need. He, he didn't say if, if Sister Yolanda sees my brother or sister in need. He says if you, you, Amen. you, if you, how I many know God reveals things to you? And usually when God reveals things to us, we say that that is somebody else's responsibility. Do you not know that God is going to hold all of us account for what we do or don't do with one another? He says, if I show you a need that there's a brother or a sister that has a need and you don't step up to the plate to handle it, he says, what are you talking about when you talk about my love being in your heart? Love compels me to meet needs. Now, I can't meet everybody's need, but there are things that we can do to show our love to one another. He says, John asks, John, John says, how in the world can you say that you love God when you see, because John is there, is making the correlation between love and what we do. See, he's making that connection. Love means I do. Love means I do. I do. Love means I do. Do you get it? There's a connection. Amen. God shows a need in the house. It should, we want our church to be that whenever anybody got a need, we don't want to ever have to beg. We should be people, man, that just love to help people out. Amen. I mean, you know what, brother? You need help. Let me. You know, God has blessed me. You know, I. When you talk about this. We've had examples of this right in our house. I didn't. I didn't share this, but some of you don't know that that we went through somewhat of a turn. You know, in our ministry at the end of last year, and God has blessed us this year. Amen. And. Uh, you know, I, I had this little, you know, when we went through that little time, I got to tell you, and, and I, hope you don't, I hope you don't get mad at me, but I wasn't really sure that we were going to make it. I didn't know if, if the folk were going to stick around. I, I, had no, I mean, I was just like in faith, and I was like, Lord, you know, I, I don't know, because we completely just blew it on this one, Lord, and, you know, God... You know, we tried. We'll see how this thing shape up. And, uh, and as we went through that little episode, as a couple in our church, you know, came up to me and said, because we were unsure where we were going to meet at, we still were working on the deal, said, if you, need my, if you need the house, we have church in the house. There were other people that stepped up and shot emails. If we need to do, we're going to do whatever we need. We're going to make this work. We need, what do we need? What do we need? And people were stepping up. And, and I was sitting there. And I was like, wow. And you remember the first day we had service here in this building? I didn't know what was going to happen. And almost every chair was filled in this building. Y'all don't know it. But I was in, t and I was just, I was in such, I mean, I couldn't even contain, my, I had no idea. I said, God, let me tell you something. Not only did you bless the heart of God, but you blessed me. 
And we, and in so doing, we blessed each other. We blessed each other. The people of God stood up and said, you know what? We're going to do this thing together. All of us are in this together. You see, when we feel like that, when that happens, do you know what that does to know that when you're going through it, that you've got some people with you who will get down in the trenches and say, you ain't going to go through this by yourself. I had an appointment. I was going to go to a football game. I had something else to do. But you know what? I'm pushing it aside because you need me right now. That's what Jesus did. He said, Jesus said, he wasn't thinking about himself. The Bible says that, that he came and, and he, he emptied himself, humbled himself, came down and sacrificed. How much more are we to do that for each other? Love. Jesus talked about, that's the kind of love that we're supposed to be. Look at Acts, if you will. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. I'm going to get there as soon as I get there, and I'm going to read, so you just got to keep up. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 through 35. Look at, what the new, look at the New Testament the early church did. Nor was there among them, look at verse number 34. Are you there in Acts chapter 4? Um, Verse 32 through 35. I said that because I want to make sure I had it right. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. Why? Why? I want you to see this. For all who were possessors, what? Of lands. They own real estate. You know, they, they bought land there too. But back in those days too. All who were possessors of lands of, or houses, they did what? Sold them. And brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and they laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had what? You see? Do you see why that church was blessed? Do you see why 3,000 people got saved when Peter preached one sermon? It just doesn't happen, people. It's because we have to open our hearts and say, Lord, I'm willing to love my brother and love my sister to the degree that these folks said, you know what, we're going to sell our property. We're going to sell everything because there's some people that have got needs in our church and we're going to help. Some of you are nervous right now because you're thinking, the pastor telling me to go sell my house? No, I'm telling you, that you better do whatever God is telling you to do. Amen. And he might tell you to do that. By the way, the idea behind this is that they made sure that we were covered. Who wouldn't want to be a part of a place and a people like that? Amen. Who wouldn't want to be a part of a people? Not that when, when we have a need that everybody try to run out of the door or try to figure out ways around it, but we run into needs and we run into situations whereby we can say, sister, brother, what do you need? Some folk, they don't want to be bothered. Sad to say, some people don't want to be bothered. They don't want to stick around. They don't want to have this kind of love relationship because they know it may involve more than they're willing to give. But we've got to come to a point that we give given ourselves so much and we love ourselves because the Bible says that, let me, let me keep going, I'm getting ahead of myself. Go to, uh, go to uh, 1 John 4, 4, verses 20 and 21. 1 John verses 20 through 21. Chapter 4, verses 20 through 21. And we're almost finished. 1 John chapter 4. If someone says, watch this, I love God. Now, we've already established that love involves action, right? It's action. He says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a what? For he who does not love his brother. Now, I want to, I want to insert right here, not just saying I love, but love means that we show it. We demonstrate it. We show the love. 
If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment, he didn't say, listen, he didn't say optional. He didn't say you could or you might. He said this commandment, we are commanded to love each other. To serve each other because God says, if we don't, you cannot say that you love me. And I know that we are hard on each other at times. I know that we all, our personalities are not always exactly what it should be at times. But he still commands us to dig down deep and summon the grace of God. Summon that grace and say, brother, sister, there's some things I don't like about you, but I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you, and we're going to get through it together because I need you. I want that to echo in the halls of this church. I need you. I will say that first. Let me be the first one to say that I need you. I can't do what I do without you. I need you. And I'm not ashamed to say, I need you. I want you to be able to say that to one another. Brother, sister, I need you. If you don't help me, I'm not going to make it. And we need to run to these pressing needs. We need to run to an opportunity to be a blessing to other people. God's people, can you see that that will make God smile? Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples because you love each other so much. Because people looked at you and said, how? And not just we, not, it's not love just to say we just gather together on Sunday morning and say hello. We got to go beyond that, people. Don't mistake enough for love. That's fellowship. It could be a byproduct of love, but doesn't necessarily mean that it's love. You could be in the same facility with people and not love them, right? Amen. You could be with the group, but you're not, you don't have to be emotionally connected to them, right? Amen. We're not, that's not love. That's not what we're talking about. He wants us to enter in because we're tied together for all eternity. And here's the beauty of it. Jesus said, Look at Matthew chapter 25. You don't have this verse, I don't think. Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 through 40. I want you to put your eyes on this verse. Here's a reason why that we need to long to love one another. Because Jesus takes it personally. Matthew chapter 25, verse 35 through 40. Are you there? Say amen. I want you to see this verse. This is Jesus talking. Now, men who went with me yesterday, we had an incredible time. But I want you now to look at, as I reread this verse, I want you to look at it, look at what you did yesterday in the context of this. <sighs> Don't get much plainer. Then the king will say, verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father. How many of you want to hear that from your master? Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the where? Foundation. Remember I told you that he had his eyes on you a long time ago? Can I say that God got eyes for you? Got eyes for you. For watch this, look at verse 35. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous, he's talking, about the, he's talking about the people of God, see, the family of God. 
He said, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? I mean, Lord, I've never sat down with you. I've never had dinner with you. I've never really seen you. I mean, I long for you in my heart. I want to see you. I love you, Jesus, but I don't ever remember giving you a cup of water. I don't ever remember giving you clothes. I don't ever remember doing any of that, Jesus. What are you talking about? He says, watch. Then the righteous will answer, saying, Lord, when do you see, when do we see you hungry and you feed and, and feed you or thirsty and gave you drink? Watch what Jesus says. When did we see you, I'm oh, sorry, verse 38, when do we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and close you, verse 39? Or when do we see you sick or in prison and we came to you? And the king will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, in so much as you did it to one of the least, the least of these, my brethren, you did it to who? Jesus says, every time you give and you bless your brother or your sister in any way, shape, or here's what he said. He said, Jesus said, you just did that to me. If you gave somebody a cup of water, for those of you who brought up a cup of water to put on this altar so I won't, I won't get hurt, you know what? He did it to Jesus. You gave me a handkerchief so I won't sweat all over the place. You did it to Jesus. Amen. You came and set up the sound system when you were tired. You did it to Jesus. You came and you put food together on the table so the saints come in. They will have a place to gather in the fellowship and drink and have some orange juice. You did it to Jesus. You came and you stood at the door. You put on a suit and you were supposed to be off this week, but you had to work. You did it to Jesus. You came up here and you sung and you were not always on key, like some people say, but you did it to Jesus. You see, Jesus takes it personally. You gave me a gift that said Dallas Cup. You gave that to Jesus. He says, because when you do it to the least of me, my brother. See, men, when we went to that nursing home, and those ladies, you remember that one lady holding us and not wanting to even let me go? Yeah, amen. She said, I'm not going to, I just want to hug. I'm not letting you go. I love you, I love you, I love you. Did it to Jesus. A sacrifice a Saturday morning when I could have been doing something else. But I said, I'm going to go and be a blessing. We went there thinking one thing, God has something different in mind. He said, you come there and nurse home, you come to, if I get locked up, God forbid if I do, but I hope y'all come see me. <laughs> he said, because when you do, see, some of God's people end up in prison. Why did he say when I was sick, when I was in prison, you came and visited me? That's why the devil dupes us into being self-centered because he knows that if we ever get this revelation in this church, we will be the most blessed people on the planet. He knows it. So he wants to keep you so busy that when church ends, that he wants you to fly out of the doors. Don't talk to nobody. Don't say nothing to nobody because you don't want to hear it. He wants to keep doing that. Keep doing that. And you miss your opportunity to be a blessing to somebody else because you stick around, you hear some stuff. If you stick around, somebody going to come crying to you. If you stick around, somebody going to tell you something. And God is going to say, this is your opportunity. Step up. Are you willing to step up and love like that? Anything else we do, we're playing church. I want to be a part. 
And I want to be with people that authentically love and that it is demonstrated day, time, and time again. We're going to be establishing out there, and uh, Brother Jacobs couldn't be here this morning. He had to work. But Sister Alex and Brother Jacobs, we're going to be establishing out there what we call a connections table. And you spread the word to those who are not here. And the purpose of that, and one of the things that we're going to be doing with that, is that there will be a spot on that table where it will say service or something to that effect. And you will have, an, and there will be people who have different needs. They'll be, you know, whether it's just, I need you to help me take a move. We got a sister, how many of y'all knew this morning that Sister Erica is moving? We haven't seen her in a couple of weeks, but nobody, I'm just saying, did anybody think to say, well, let me, what's this, Erica? Let me call. She's moving. Now, we have to let each other know, right? We have to communicate. So you, you see, you can't be quiet and not say nothing, then say, those people don't care. You know, people do that. They'll say, those people don't care about me, but then they never stick around and talk to nobody. I'm like, how, what are you talking about? But we're going to have a table out there. And there will be a list, and then you have an opportunity. Okay, somebody need what? You need what? Okay, Doo. okay, I sign up for that. And I pray that that list is almost empty every week because people signed up for stuff. That's your blessing. You know, every time you do that, you're sowing a seed. And God is blessed, and God is looking at us. Tell me, you know, we're like that. We can't help but be close. See, if Sister April starts telling me things that's going on in her life, what she's struggling with, I can't help but be close. I want to know. But if my whole attitude is I don't really want to know, then you're missing out on the blessing. You're missing out on one of the greatest blessings that God has given us, which is we each other. I want to encourage you this morning. Seek out opportunities to serve. And many of you, you do good. You, you do a great job. Let me tell you, I can sit here and brag on almost all of you. But like Paul told, told the uh, church in Thessalonians, I'm not going to read it, I'll just tell you what the verse is. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, Paul says, as it, as it, as it concerns brotherly love, you, you have no reason for, that I write to you because y'all do that really well. But then he said one thing. He says, increase more and more. Keep doing it. How many know you can't never love people too much? You can never love people too much. And let's not be a people that just say we love each other. Let's not be a people to just come and say hi and have no interaction. We have things like last night we had a birthday party. Sister April, some people came. That was great. That was an opportunity for you to come and fellowship and see what God is doing because perhaps he might show you something and you can demonstrate your love. You all are doing great, but let's keep it selling. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. God, we love you. We love you. Thank you so much. God, we love each other. We love each other, Lord. And we really do. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people, Lord. These are, even though we're a small church, Lord, there's some very giving people in this church. They give their time, their resources, their love. Their, Lord, they just keep giving. I'm praying, God that you would reward them and bless them and fill their cup to overflowing. God, fill their cup to overflowing, God, and show them, Lord, and affirm, God, that you are pleased with us. Give us a love for each other that is genuine. Help us to get over the fear of opening ourselves up. Yes, Lord, we, we don't want to be reckless in how we communicate, but Lord, we can do better. At least give us the desire to look into the life and the hearts of somebody else and be a blessing. The Holy Spirit spoke to you this morning. I just want to give you an opportunity. He's spoken to you. Perhaps you say, you know what? You can do more. You've done great. But the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about this issue of love, brotherly love. 
and what it means. It, it, it's way beyond what we probably thought before you heard this message. And God has just shown you. If that's you this morning, I want you to slip your hand up. God is convicting you in any way. In any way. I see that. In any way. Just slip your hand up. And it's just an act of surrender to God when we raise our hands. Just repeat after me, Lord Jesus. Everybody can do this. Lord Jesus, give me a love for my brother and my sister that goes beyond words. Lord Jesus, forgive me for any time that I ignored something that you wanted me to do for my brother and my sister. I covenant to do better as you reveal things and bless me with the capacity to help, I will sow it into the life of my brother and my sister. Jesus. Amen. If you listen this morning, I, if you don't know the Lord, I just want to give an opportunity to anyone here who does not know the Lord, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, just slip your hand up. Anybody who says that I just heard about a great king and an awesome God and I haven't surrendered my life and I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do it. Live on. Great, great. Well, stand to your feet. And while you're standing, come on, give God a hearty praise, if you will. Um, I want you to know that I love you and I thank God for each and every one of you. You have been a blessing to me, my wife, to this church, and you've been a blessing to each other. Excel more and more and more. Love as much as you can. And the folks that wasn't here today, they had to be out for any reason. When you see them next week, do something you haven't done in a long time. Go hug them and squeeze them. Hug them and squeeze them and say, I love you, and then you want to do it, and so they look at you and say, what's wrong with you? Why did you just do that? Some of you, you, you just hug somebody. Squeeze them and say, I love you. And if the Holy Spirit say, do, some, do something for them. We used to get back, I grew up in, in somewhat of a charismatic church, and we used to have what we call, some of y'all may know what I'm talking about, those holy handshakes. You know what a holy handshake is? Does anybody know what a holy handshake is? We used to do this all the time, especially in the church I was at before. But we would go and we would shake a brother, sister hand, and we shake that hand, we give it, you know, we put something in it. We put something in We didn't, that was a holy handshake. And you go home and you look at that and you're like, oh, I, you know, you try to be all spiritual, you're like, okay, you're sticking your pocket, man. You get in the car, you're like, whoa, it's a jail. How did they know? How did they know? God will show you some things like that, and you don't have to tell, don't tell nobody what you do. When you bless people and God should just bless them, and then here's what you see. Watch what God will do. You watch. God will bless you, and stuff will start happening in your life. You'll be like, why? I mean, you think you're blessed now? You start doing things like that. Well, watch what God will do. Amen. Stretch